Welcome, welcome, everyone. We got the showstopper, the main event from zero to 100. Hey, from the uh, floor to the ceiling, however you want to say it, guys, it's going to be fun. Uh, Trevor, welcome to uh, the Brent Stinson Movement, episode two, where positive people uh, push possibilities. Uh, my goal for this is to uh, have a platform where people can share their journey of influence and uh, really walk us through their journey to where they are now. Um, no single act of success is ever by itself. It takes a group. Um, and that part of it is showing, sharing that journey with you. Um, first of all, Trevor, a couple things I got to cover before we get started. Um, a couple thank yous and sponsors, quote of the day, and we'll get jumping off. Thanks to those who have listened to episode one, Andrew Peterson on attitude and effort. Last I checked, there are about 30 listeners so far. So uh, thank you. I do this for you. I don't do it to make any money. I don't have any sponsors. If it happened, I don't know if I'd even say something about it. But uh, quote of the day, Trevor, I usually have one that goes along with the guests I'm going to have. Um, from John F. Kennedy, leadership and learning are indispensable to each other. If leadership is our ability to influence an individual group or community toward a goal, and learning is ability for someone to acquire a skill or a talent and use it later on called application, I think this fit really well to what you're doing. Um, today's guest, like I said, Trevor Carrier, titles Transforming a Culture. I've known Trevor here now for uh, almost two decades in a variety of different ways. Trevor Lee currently serves as a student support advisor, athletic director, along with head football coach um, in the Leroy Ostrander, Ostrander, pardon me, school district in Leroy, Minnesota. Um, Trevor, plan for today, we're going to talk about you growing up in Houston, your experience in athletics, beginning your coaching career, and how you've worked to transform a culture and a community there at Leroy Ostrander. Uh, Trevor? Grew up in Houston, Minnesota, about 25 minutes south of Winona. Real rural, hardworking community. Tell us about uh, activities and what you did as a uh, as a youngster. Sure. Uh, thanks for having me, Stinny. It's it's great to be on. Um, you know, for us uh, in small town America, Houston's a booming metropolis. For about a thousand. Um, no movie theater. No none of that kind of stuff. No bowling alley even. Um, so we kind of find activities yourself. Uh, we had a great group of kids, and, and I wouldn't trade growing up in Houston for, for anything. Um, uh, wonderful support around town, wonderful support across the area. Uh, but for us, we had to find our own fun, and that's where we're leaving town. But, it, you know, it's a lot of sports, a lot of games, uh, baseball, softball, basketball, football, whatever it is, we're playing it, um, tubing down the river, whatever we can do to find uh, to find some fun stay out of trouble. Um, we did a pretty good job at that as well growing up, but um, yeah, anything we could do outside, we would do. Um, N64, Bond, you know, Mario Kart, those things were fun back in the day. So, you know, if we weren't playing sports, uh, we were probably playing on some kind of a video game as well. And back then it was the old N64 growing up. So um, yeah, that's kind of grow up in Houston. Nice. Trevor, you got a few different siblings in your family you grew up with, um, having a close relationship to uh, the carriers, not only in Houston, but in Rushford. Um, tell us a little bit about your three siblings uh, before we dive into you, uh, your early mentors. Yeah, I'm the oldest of four, um, which is great. Um, you kind of feel that pride of kind of making sure that they help them and guide them along too. And you're always there for them when they struggles, the ups and downs. And um, my brother right below me is Trey. He's about four years younger than I am. Uh, he's a delivery guy up in um, Oakland Lacrosse in the Winona area, and he's probably seen if he's delivering out. Um, he has wonderful things over there. He's got his own house. Uh, very happy with everything he's done. Um, my next brother, Ty, he lives in Winona. He works at currently at Fastenal, which was great. That's where I worked growing, uh, going through college at Winona State. Um, go Warriors. Um, he has a great job over there as well. He was here for a little bit and then went back home um, to Winona. And then I have a sister. She's the youngest of all. Um, she's the only one that's married aside from me. Um, she married Zach Lechner over in Caledoniaville over there. They live in Brownsville. Um, so we kind of married into that Caledonia Warrior athletic tradition over there. And she, they got two kids of their own. So uh, I'm very proud of all of them. Um, Mom is still living in Houston. We're a close-knit family. Um, the goods, the bads, we, we all know that, but when we always put it out there. So um, I don't know where I'd be without my family. They mean everything to me, and obviously being around my family, you kind of know that as well. Um, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, you fight, and but at the end of the day, you love them to death, and um, I'm very honored to have all of them around. So, 
Absolutely. Yeah, one thing about the Carriers, very close-knit, also very competitive. That's one thing I like. They play to win. Uh, they don't play to, hey, nice job, you participated. Uh, that's, a, that's a philosophical, really bad thing we got going on at times here. Uh, not teaching kids to aspire for more when they just get something for showing up. That's uh, not always, uh, and I won't get onto that philosophical view right now, but I just give you a little taste of it. So, uh, Trevor, growing up in Houston, uh, Minnesota, um, some early role models you had either as a player or a teacher, maybe two of them that stood out and how they helped you grow and develop um, upon graduation to high school there. You know, being from a sports family, it's always sports. So for us, uh, you know, it's, it's what you're in. If, not, if you're not doing it, you're watching it. Um, so um, my dad growing up with all through sports and, and helped me through. Um, my grandfather, especially in the baseball realm, is always around, always helping. Aunts, uncles, cousins. Um, they all kind of help mold you um, into that kind of stuff. And then uh, once you get to high school, you kind of you click on to, you know, a coach or, or two or uh, aside from family, we all do. For me, my big one was um, I had two of them. I had Shane Strong, who was my football coach, um, and Tyler Bowen was my basketball coach. And they just – they I take a lot of things they taught me and I try to emulate them and, and use them in today's society. Um, but for the most part, aside from X's and O's, you know, I just knew that those two cared about me, and uh, they wanted me to reach for the stars. And, um, you know, second place or mediocre, if I gave it everything, that was fine. But, you know, never to settle. Um, and those two helped me tremendously. And um, I, I wouldn't be here coaching if without with, without those two. Um, and, again, it's not even the X's and O's. It's just, it's just uh, knowing you're part of something and, and really believing. You know, mom and dad would always – believe in you, which is great, but they're your parents. Um, so you, sometimes you can never do wrong, you know, but um, they always held you to a high standard, and I will always be grateful to both uh, Mr. Bowen and Mr. Strong and Coach Strong. So uh, those are my early ones. Yeah, I'd say uh, Shane Strong continues to do some really awesome things. Uh, over in Glenwood City, I think in Wisconsin, or somewhere over in that general area, I'd love to have him on here. So, uh, Shane, give me a holler. But, yeah, you know, the big thing, Trevor, when we look at influence, too, is sometimes you got to push, you know, people a little bit to where sometimes they don't know where they can get. You know, so that sounds like something they did for you, along with giving you a really good platform uh, to continue to grow and learn. Um, I think that's a job also as parents, you know, is oh, sometimes having those tough conversations, but also knowing we are the first people that nurture, provide, and teach our kids certain things I just taught my son his first year in baseball you know and I said I'm I'm hard on you because I care about you and I know how good you can be but also we as you know Trevor with young children really drawing the line between father and coach and you know when to put those different hats on so thanks Trevor looking at uh, lessons you learned um, from playing high school athletics or you know as an athlete lessons you learned that you've taken over to now the rest of your life well, there's so much, uh, so many lessons you learn, and sports provide that platform. Um, you know, one thing with sports is there's a winner and there's a loser. That's just the truth. That they keep score for a reason a lot of the time, and um, often the, what you put in is what you're going to get. Um, and I believe that as a father, I believe that as a coach, um, a teacher, um, every day. So, you know, hard work, and that's, you know, there's things that I could have done better in high school too. I could have hit the weight room even harder probably. Um, and there's a lot of different things that you learn later in life, but, you know, no regrets is kind of something that, you know, was pushed early, um, be a team player, uh, which I think, you know, always doing what's best for the team aspect of it. Um, but again, it all boils down to hard work. If you're willing to put in the work, uh, I know uh, something we talk about is sacrifice. Um, and that's just the way life is. You have to sacrifice. If you want your marriage to work, you want to be a good dad, you're going to have to sacrifice things at some point. Um, and I do that every day. I know you do that every day. Um, but if you want to be the best husband, best coach, whatever it may be, there's going to be sacrifice. I think that's one of the biggest lessons. And I've learned that growing up. Um, you can't always get what you want. Um, and you got to fight for it and work hard. So if you do those things, you'll be okay. Um, and, and then, you know, never give up. I mean, just keep plugging away. Yeah, sacrifice, that's I would say, you know, we'll get later on to the transformation, what you've done at Leroy uh, Ostrander there. But be willing to sacrifice, you know, for something you've never had and sometimes that something that you've never seen or you can't reach. And sometimes getting student athletes to commit to something like that, 
you know, in a sport like football, football is a sport where there's not an immediate payoff or showmanship or result for anything. Football is all performance-based on a night against somebody that's supposed to stop you <laughs> or is supposed to block you. You know what I mean? There's that uh, resistance. So really teaching kids to do things now, even with all the things they have now and resources, it's a tough thing to motivate sometimes for kids and finding that intrinsic motivation. But I agree, hard work, I mean, you got to be willing to work for what you want, you know, and that's something that I've seen you here over across your life. And I've always appreciated, Trevor, as you've always done what it took to get to where you are, but you've never settled, you know, and that's something growing up in Houston, those values I've seen carry over. So, um, <clears throat> Trevor, looking at graduating high school, you know, you go to RCC, then eventually went on a state. Why did you choose to pursue education? You know, when we're going through school and everyone does it, you go through your junior year of school and try to figure out what you want to do. But I had a pretty good idea of what I wanted to do. And the coaching aspect is phenomenal. I love to coach. It's great. Um, that's not the reason. I didn't go into teaching to coach. That's not, that's, that's, it's a perk. Uh, it's a benefit. Um, I had a wonderful mentor too in, in school and helped me to this day. And I love him to death. And Kyle Kaler, if you're listening, shout out to you. Um, he's currently the golf coach and, and he teaches in Houston and he's still there. Um, but he kind of showed me what it takes, and it's not just, again, he taught math. And math isn't the, the most spectacular subject to teach all day, every day. Um, but he, he made me respect math and made me learn it. And, and again, he cared for me, and he really sought after me. And, I, again, our relationship is great to this day. Um, but I knew that going into education was something then that I really thought I could do. Um, one thing my dad installed me early is just, you know, Find something you care about. Don't. It's not about money. Um, it's not about any of that kind of stuff. It's only about can you get up every day and enjoy your job. And if you have to call it a job, then you know then it is a job and it's difficult. So, what career path could I find that I really wanted to wake up and, and, and choose to come? Uh, education was great. I love I love every aspect of it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of that's my reasoning. Yeah, and you can hear that uh, power of influence, too, and some people that really stood out to you. Thanks, Trevor. I know my decision to go into education, I thought I was going to open a sports bar like Joe Sensors, and I wanted to run a business. I mean, that's what I thought, you know, when colleges came to visit, Andy Gapa and myself, that's what I was going to go into business and own those things. Well, then Dwayne Bagley, one of my favorite high school teachers, recommended during a community service class, I volunteer in a kindergarten classroom. Um, and at that time, my dad was deployed overseas, and that filled the biggest void in my life of my dad being gone and seeing the daily interactions with the kids and them have, experiencing success. I couldn't believe it was a job. Yep. You know, like even still, I do this today. I've been teaching me what going on my 12th year. You know, I've been coaching for, geez, since I was 14 in some aspect. To me, that's why we do this. I mean, we had a kid intercept two balls last night at seven on seven, and to see him turn around and experience success. Trevor, there's no greater gift than seeing a kid work for something like you're talking about, sacrifice for something you may not see, and then it, and then attain it. To me, that is the most powerful thing, and that is really our calling. In education, I tell you what, man, there's not too many other professions right now that are under the, uh, the sword for leadership and for results, and with minimal resource, that is financially, that is across the board. But, uh, yeah, Trevor, that is... I'm glad you made the decision to go into education. <laughs> a lot of Good. people have been missing out. You know, just think about now. You influence those high school kids, then they go out and do something, they give back, and there's that trickle-down effect, just like a family tree. You know what I'm saying? They go down, and those kids will come back. You know, they'll get married. They graduate high school, you know, and they will come back to you because of that moment and that time that you sacrificed time away from your family to be with them, to give them something that they had or didn't have. To me, that is one of the most powerful things I want to get across in this is what you're talking about with sacrifice and really seeing that result in continued mentorship. All right, Trevor. So uh, now we're going to dive a little bit into where that hat you got on. Besides that awesome frame of your family with the Dallas Cowboys. Gosh, that's yep. awesome. If they don't win a Super Bowl this year, Trevor, I don't know if I'll ever be more disappointed in my life <laughs> with that franchise. We are franchise. Cowboy fans. We are Cowboy Man. fans. We got to record a show just on a preview about them. Yeah, okay. I agree. You know, early impressions of uh, your school district, Trevor. Forfeiting a varsity season, numbers were low, 
experience playing, you know, playing nine man, you know, had some experience, I believe in the middle nineties, really successful or right around there had a good season um, from my uh, Tim Bonia told me one time there was a good season there back when I'm, you'll update me here a little bit here, but Trevor, they're not, they were not known as a traditional power in basketball or football. It's been a climb um, to say the least Trevor from when you started there and where it's been. Give us your early interpretation of Leroy once you got there and your early footing of where, hey, this is where I am, here we are. Well, you know, I think they had a lot of success in the, in the, in the mid to nine, late 90s, even the early 2000s. I know our class in 03 was very good. Uh, they were in state a couple times. Um, Stan Olson's a Hall of Fame football coach here. Um, I'd hate to know how many games he won. So the, the tradition was here. They had it. And then, you know, things have changed. I mean, that's just the way life is. We can't rest on our laurels. Um, in a small town, there's always that circle of, hey, good, mediocre, poor. And that is, that's just the way it is. So some, of the, some of the students may think this is how easy winning is and don't do as much. And then the, somebody else outgrows you. So there was a tr wonderful tradition here. Um, and I knew that growing up. I seen that um, on the news, especially because in, in 03, uh, they had Ben Adams and Chad Orham, just phenomenal athletes. And along with many others, um, a plethora before that, um, but I, I really followed them because we played them in basketball as well. And then you'd see them in the gridiron um, and they played the nine man. So we, and I know Houston, we were still worrying about 11 man and, and, and our old conference. And there was the talk about the nine man back then, but, you know, coming in, I, I didn't know, I didn't know a lot about the, the, the community and, and stuff like that. Um, one of the David Adine, one of my guys that went on to state, you know, really showed me some things to do to get in. Um, I knew Aaron Hungerholt's family. I'm as a principal here. I didn't know Goose. This is his nickname. I didn't know Aaron a lot. I just seen him a little bit. I knew his his wonderful family, Dick and Lally Hungerholt, and um, wow, just awesome people they are. Um, and I knew Aaron a little bit, and I kind of reached out when uh, they had a job opening um, in kindergarten at the time, and I knew that I could work my way through and just get to get in somewhere. That's the toughest part to get in. Um, and we bought a house here. My family and I at the time was just my wife, Kayla, and my brand new newborn son at that point in time. And we bought a house. I really want to show people that I want to be here. I, I'm not looking to bounce to my hometown as soon as I get an opportunity or bounce to the next school district. I want to show that I'm here. Um, whether you like me, love me, hate me, it, it is what it is. But loyalty is big for me. And I wanted to show that, and especially in small town. I've seen coaches go. I've seen coaches come. Um, and in small town, it's difficult. Um, and I wanted to really be part of the community, not just, you know, live somewhere else and move in. And there's plot, plot, pros and cons both ways. I get it. But I really want to show it and create a foot, uh, footprint here myself. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit down in some of the sports um, from a record-wise, which is basically what you, you base a lot of things on, unfortunately. Um, but the stability of the coaching staffs weren't exactly around either. There's coaches in and out. And then those are tough. And you know that. If you don't have um, – that kind of stuff, I think it's difficult. Um, so, you know, otherwise you meet new people here and there and you kind of grow. And 10 years later, I'm still here in the same house on the same Lowell Street. Um, I guess living the dream is what Mr. Rolsdahl would say and, and Leroy here. And I've now taken that mantra over since he retired. But, you know, living the dream um, as much as you can in small town America. Yeah, you talk about, number one, Trevor, uh your commitment about being visible. There's something about being visible in the community, being invested in living there. You're around the building all the time. They see you, you know, as a teacher, coach, but also as a father, you know, and a lot of those values you want to teach to those players, they have to see in action. You know what I mean? Or it's just hearsay and it means action. So that's really, you talk about being invested. That's something. Earlier coaches or veteran coaches is getting involved in your community. It's not just during that time of the year and, your professional commitment. So Trevor, you take over in football. Um, as for those that don't know, um, Leroy um, Ostrander plays nine-man football. Yes, it's nine-man. The field's condensed um, width-wise. What were your first few goals, Trevor? First few you took over. What were your first immediate goals when you took over as the head coach? You know, a lot of you know, a lot of credit goes my way too, and I get that, and I, I respect that. And but I'm not here to to to, to boast or, or to brag or talk about a lot of the things like that. For me, 
I was an offensive coordinator under Aaron Hungerholt, who's the head coach here for, um, man, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, I came in as a junior high coach my first year, and then um, the JD coach uh, and offensive coordinator uh, kind of left. So I took that role over. Aaron and I got together. We changed some of the offense, a lot of the, the whole offense, actually, uh, blocking schemes, a lot of that stuff. We switched to, to fit more personnel that we had. Um, you know, Leroy used to be – you know, I, wings, stuff like that. They used to pound the rock, and it's great. Um, when you have the horses to pound at three yards in a cloud of dust, is great. But when you don't have the horses, it limits your flexibility. So um, we spread some things around. But, again, for me, I didn't have a lot. I mean, it was an easy transition from, from offense quarter to head coach. Um, I thought Aaron did a great job of going through what he needed to do, and I learned a lot from Aaron. Um, and I still continue to learn a lot from Aaron um, as a mentor currently. And probably throughout my whole life, feel I'll be a mentor of some way, somehow, um, no matter what I do. And he's kind of been that father figure to me. So I got nothing but respect. He's done a lot of it. I don't take a lot of the, the, the credit. Um, some things you get banged up, get injuries, you know, those kind of things. So some bad luck was played a part of that. Um, for me, I wanted to set a staff that I could, you know, be around, trust, and, and do things with, just like I have that relationship with Aaron. But, again, you kind of hit it. I'm I'm visible. Um, the kids know I care. The kids, you know, I'm going to push. And they know that. And they kind of expect that. Um, they might get mad every once in a while. But we had to change some of the, the toughness practices. You know, we, we want to be tough. We, we run. I mean, that's we got to be in shape. When you have X amount of players, you got to run. Um, one thing I do a lot of is, is maintaining grades. You know, I, I do a grade check. I check grades. Um, I really don't believe in a lot of individual punishment. I, you know, if, if the captains need to leave. Uh, if there's disruptions in school, how can I trust you in the fourth quarter um, or the game on the line? So, you know, a lot of stuff, if you want to be that way, then we'll figure out a way to solve that at practice. So those things have changed a little bit. Um, again, the conditioning, cardio, some of the some of the schemage, uh, schematics has changed. Um, one thing for me as an offensive coordinator and being the head coach, I don't got to ask permission if I'm going to go for it or, or the things I'm going to do, you know. So a lot of those things I can make up in my brain and not really ask permission. I can just kind of go with it. So. Uh, again, Aaron laid the foundation, man. Uh, this isn't me. Aaron laid the foundation with the youth program, um, building this stuff up. Uh, and then it, the timing just happened where his kids went to college uh, to play sports uh, athletics themselves. So he needed more dad time, which I totally respect. Um, you know, he misses a lot of time, too, doing that stuff. But, um, I mean, I know a lot of credit comes my way and, and accolades and stuff like that. But, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Aaron and our coaching staff. Kyle Stern is my defense coordinator. Nick Sweeney is a is my JV coach. Um, I trust them with my life. So when you're trusting these people, you know a lot of things can change. So um, I don't think we had to necessarily change the culture, so to speak. Um, we kind of just kept plugging away, and things started to fit in. So whether that's a great answer or a politically correct answer, it's that's just the truth. I don't believe that the um, We've crazily done so many different things. I just there's so much respect there that uh, um, that's honesty. Absolutely. Uh, first thing I think you highlight is mentorship. You know, I think mentorship, guidance. You know, there's so many things that go along with being a head coach that 99.95 people have absolutely no idea. Whether it's the grades, whether it's the fundraising, whether it's aligning schedules, transportation, um, on top of performance of the team you're really the face of the program and it all falls on your shoulders and also the development of your place in the program. I mean, there's a lot of different things that align in that direction. I think the second thing that you said is trust, um, trust is built for time and with relationships. I mean, trust is something where, you know, where you talk about when the game does get close, so we're going for it. You have to believe and if you've prepared and you've done the work, there's no doubt. And in football, once you have that buy-in, you trust, you can develop, you can play. You guys did a – to me, that's where success happens. You know, Trevor, looking at your offense, you guys have done a nice job of adapting it to um, your players. It's also player-friendly as well. I mean, the kids play hard. They take ownership of it. You know, like you said, when you're playing nine-man in comparison to five and six and sometimes four, even three-A schools, you got a lot of two-way players. I mean, there's no – it's basketball on grass, but it's also kids need to be – condition they need to be mentally disciplined and you putting me in those situations in practice is great preparation for what they're going to get in games I know when I took over as head coach here 
how many years ago my first goal is number one was to uh, set a high academic standard because I said if you're not academically eligible number one graduation number two you won't be able to play and number three I cannot trust you with your commitment to this team I talked about improvement numbers as well and then developing obviously to performance on the field um, which led to some cooler things but that's uh, not the time or place plus we're about here we're about you so Trevor um, before we get into you as an actual coach and words to define you you know what would be success with little adversity? Um, we're not going to get into specifics of anything, but Trevor, uh, I, I really admire how you've handled the adversity that came your way and kind of used your name and your family. So I just wanted to say, you know, what tips would you give people for handling uh, adversity, you know, in any form um, professionally? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, where would we be without adversity uh, with anybody? I mean, that's the way life is. And uh, if there's anything that, I can really give guidance on it, and it's just, you know, understand who's around you, understand your family, but understand not to quit. I mean, there's so many people that, I don't know, deal with adversity and, and maybe run or quit altogether, um, and you just got to deal with it. I mean, we've all dealt with adversity in one way or another in some form and fashion, um, and just to meet it. And... Uh, you know, rely on the ones around you that you love, um, regardless of the situation. Talk to the people you need to talk to. Um, but adversity is around for everybody. I mean, that's that's the game, I mean, especially with sports. Um, that's one thing I think we changed a little bit with dealing with adversity. Is just instead of just quitting and hiding in the sand, we really stand up. I think we thrive a little more with adversity. Um, it's great being the favorite. Don't get me wrong. It's great. Um, but that underdog role is a little bit of adversity going into it. So, um, you know, you can, you can, I know for me is like the, you know, the cancer week at ESPN and it's Jim Galvano is that big quote of never give up, never give up. Um, and I highlight that every year, I record it every year. I watch it every year for a lot of different reasons. Um, uh, you know, obviously Jim went through his own aspects there, um, with cancer and stuff like that. But I think his message is, is loud and clear and it's, it's never give up. Um, no matter what you do, never give up. And every adversity you have can, can mess with your brain, can mess with your physical, regardless of its health or mental, um, anything. And when those things happen, that's, that's difficult to do. Um, but again, never give up. Don't ever give up. It's a good mantra that we use here, and it's a good mantra that I use in my own life. Um, life's going to give you a lot of stuff. I'm 37 years old, and I got to assume – this year, next, every single other year, there's going to be adversity. Um, and we got to be able to rise up and continue to live your life. You get one opportunity to do it. So um, why dwell on those kind of things and kind of focus on what's bright? Focus on the sun, not the moon type of thing. Um, and, and life will get you through. I mean, you need to trust the right people and, and trust where you need to trust them. It'll get you through. Um, again, just never give up and keep moving forward. A good message of perseverance uh, moving forward, Trevor. I like it. Um, in terms of uh, looking up, get up, and keep going, like Michael Irvin said, the, you know, <laughs> one of the greatest receivers uh, of the 90s, along with Troy Aikman being the winningest quarterback of the 90s. <laughs> Just to let some of you know, and the GOAT is Emmett Smith. And if you don't like it, you get on a podcast with me. We can debate it on <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, You know, Trevor, that's, uh, that's a really powerful message of handling adversity. You know, be where your feet are, stick to your morals, stick to your values. But I think more importantly, it shows your character. Yeah. And if you know what you did was right and you got other stuff going on, man, people know the difference. That to me is something I've always admired, Trevor. You and I have been friends forever. Good communication. You know, we coach against each other. Hey, man, I still think the world of that was fun. Uh, you did a really, really nice job. All right, Trevor, three to four words that describe or define you as a coach. I just want words. For your players were to say, this defines Coach Carrier, three to four words, what would they say? Loyal is one. Loyal is first and foremost. You know that as a friend of mine and everything we've been through and loyalty. Um, loyalty is, is by far number one. The kids know this is loyal, loyal to them. So loyal is first and foremost. I guess you could say hardworking. No matter what, father, um, first and foremost, father, husband. Then you go into teaching and your coaching roles and, and, and stuff like that. But hardworking, uh, I'm always trying to outperform. Uh, you kind of know that. I, I, I don't want to finish seconds. I, and if it's because of me, then I didn't do my job. So 
Um, I will always get us geared up, ready to rock and roll, whether in the classroom or on the field, on the court. And I feel like I do everything in my power to get us there. So loyal, hardworking, um, and trustworthy. I think those are three things that are very good and very key. Um, you know, you can trust in me. You can you can trust whether – I mean, I might like everything you hear, and that's just the truth. You might not. But I'm not here to, to make sure that everyone's ego is, is fed. Um, when I can tell you as a player, my players, when I, they do a good job, they do a good job. I, I don't say, hey, you did a great job, and by the way, you cost us, you know, you blew coverage. You know, you're going to hear it. And, and that's just the way I coach, the way I teach. I hold you accountable. Um, so the kids know it's trustworthy. When I say you did a good job, you did a good job. Um, when I say we need to improve on something, we need to listen and, and try to improve on those things. But I think those three things are very good. Um, and those would probably represent me as much as possible. Yeah, I agree. And I think as people have listened to this, if they go back and they go back to your background in Houston, the lessons you learned from your coaches and then how you've been mentored, all of that stuff is making a great connection. So that's a, that's a demonstration right there. Thanks, Trevor. All right, man. You know, there's a time when, like you were saying with players, again, I'd let you know something you don't want to hear. They say there's a time to smooth the feathers and there's a time to ruffle the feathers, you know? So that's a really big one that I like, you know, I got asked that in an interview one time and I said, I'm, I'll always put the kids first. I'll put the players first. But if there's something that doesn't, I'm going to say something, you know, and it's going to be, it's going to be heard. And I said, I'll be respectful and professional, but thanks Trevor. Um, looking at Cardinal culture, go big red. What is Cardinal culture? You know, I think we're hardworking. Uh, you come to our practice and you're going to see, uh, we have an open door policy. You want to come sit up with watch practice, go ahead. I don't change it. I don't sugarcoat it. Um, we just kind of, uh, did a joint practice with another school district. Um, they got to see some of the stuff we did. We they ran through our practice, they through our drills. We have nothing to hide. Um, you know, especially nowadays in huddle, we're not hiding anything. What's the difference? Everyone's going to see everything we do, anyways. Um, but my coaching staff and myself, and, and we do a good job of it's. It's hard work. You know, it's hard work to be a cardinal. Um, it's hard work to get things done. It's hard work to win. Um, so you know, I think that's num first and foremost is just the work ethic that we put in. You, there's drills that we do, it's just cardio. I mean, yep, you could make a lot of cool drills and put some frosting on the top of it and, and say you're doing cardio, which is great. But sometimes it's just, you know, get on the line, we're going to sprint and we're going to do these things. And we have drills incorporated throughout that are going to push you mentally. And can you get over that adversity? You know, or are we going to shut down? There's so many players, especially younger ones, you know, they get through and it's it's, it's difficult. And you want first thing you want to do is, you know, the helmet comes off and we want to rest. Well, you're not going through adversity. You're, you're settling and you're quitting or, you know, you're relying on something else. So we really push through that. We push as much as we can um, with regards to that aspect of it. Again, we want to be good in the classroom as much as possible. We want to be um, – do a lot of those kind of things, the grades, stuff like that. But culture, culture again, we may run, um, you know, a traditional read option, maybe fluff, fluff. We – motion, three receivers, and we may not be three yards in a cloud of dust, but in my opinion, we're still, we want to ground and pound. We want to do those things. We're just doing it a different way. Um, it's 2021. It's just a lot of schools have went to the spread. That's just the way it is. Probably 50%, if not more. Um, you know, it's not the same football that was in 1995 where you run wing T and, 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 and rocket and Liz and, and pound the A gap all day long, stuff like that. So, um, for us, I want to do whatever we have with, with what we have. Um, we have good athletes, like I said, um, and we want to get our guys in space. Um, we don't care where you played in the past. We're going to do what's best for the program now. Um, with that being said, you know, when I took over, it was Chase Johnson was just a, he was just a, a running back. Um, I took over the job on a, let's just call it a Wednesday in April. And on Thursday, I talked to Chase and said, you're going to be my quarterback. And a lot of questions there and a lot of, uh, I'm not sure and what's the backup plan and, Chase, there's no backup plan, buddy. You are my read option guy, and since then he's been player of the year two times in a row, comes back my senior for one more year here. And, again, doing what we can as a group. We might have to move positions, but, again, you want to know one thing that we do, it's hard work. Practice is hard work, and you should enjoy Friday because uh, Tuesday through Thursday is, it's, it's time for the big boys to play. So we practice hard, we play hard. Yeah, I'd say going to a little preview coming up next, I'd say Mr. Johnson, he'll be, what, a senior now next year? Yeah. I tell you what, find me a player that does more for his team, for their class size, I'll wait. 
Because <laughs> like I said, he does a lot of things extremely well. And the thing, too, you might tackle him, but he's going to keep coming. He has yep. that relentless mindset, along with the other players, too. Yes. So teams are preparing. You already have a lot to prepare for with your spread offense. But it's tackling in space, and you can simulate all you want all day. He has a great inside-out move. But when you're not put in that situation, cardio, hard work, all those things come down to it. That's why he succeeds. He's relentless. He works hard. And say what they wanted back then, but I tell you what, find me a player, you know, away from Alex Fold's Spring Grove a couple years ago, the King Brothers, that it means more to their team for their class size in the state of Minnesota. It's going to be really tough to convince me because this kid is uh, – he, he's, he's one that you want to coach, but you can see yeah. that he's coachable. He does what he's supposed 100%. to do, the hardest thing, um, which Trevor uh, gets to our next point. We've already covered next year's preview. I'll get a little, a little bit of that down the road. Uh, Trevor, motivating players, mindset. Okay, we can have all the fancy slogans in the world. You can have all the posters you want in the world. You can say all the things. How do you motivate your players at your program to get everything out of them? I think you just hit it. I mean, there are so many people, and you see it at coaches' clinics, there's always cliches and slogans. And You know, one thing for me, and I, I said it in the Post Bulletin, I think, last year, but, I, you know, I do like Coach Fleck, and I like the things he stands for and he, the things he does. Um, and I don't know him on a personal level but by any means, uh, but I like some of the things he, he, he stands for, and I've adopted some of those here. But you just hit it. I can put this on a poster. We can break the huddle and say whatever you want. But at the end of the day, if the kids don't buy in, they don't buy in. So, you know, for us, it, it is family. And my door is always open. I've had kids come to my door with, with, with many different issues, um, my personal door. Um, and then we have to have a discussion. Or they're calling on the phone, and they know I'm there. Um, whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But uh, we, we preach family, and that's something we preach in everything we do. And that's truth. Uh, you know, we, we see these kids, see my kids, and it's family. We see other kids, and we, we want to be there for each other. And it's we deal with diversity every day. Kids do, especially with COVID. I mean, look at everything they went through. Um, we preach family. We say family a lot. Um, it's not more than just a mantra or a word, um, but you got to get them to believe. And, and it takes time to build that trust and, and, and to believe. But once you, once they believe in you or believe in what you're doing or things start to go, it really snowballs quickly and you can go to, you know, you really can make progress very fast. Um, so for us, it's that belief. And when kids start to believe, um, man, it's great to see some of the things. And, um, you know, accountability is big. They know that as well. And they might get mad here and there. And that's just the way life is. But, you know, I'd rather tell them and fix the mistake now than when they're 20, 21 years old and making mistakes. And there's other, you know, pipers to pay. You know what I mean? So um, that belief is huge for us. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes people get caught in uh, playbooks and everything. Kids don't care how much you know. They care how much you care about them. If they yeah. still run through a wall for you because you do the work, you're visible, you're in the community, I tell you what, man, that is the most powerful thing you can have as a coach. You can have a thousand different plays, but if you haven't repped one thing a thousand times, like Bruce Lee said, you, you hold no you know, Kids care how much you care about them, not how much you know. Because if you can't put it in their terms and find a way to motivate them to be the best, to help in the community, you know, being a good person and on the field. I mean, what, what's it worth? So it's a really, really, uh, really powerful thing there, Trevor. Thank you. Uh, do you have a uh, coaching philosophy? Like on Minnesota High School League, is that what we're kind of saying, or just kind of in general? Do you, do you have, like, for me, if someone say, what is your philosophy? I would say I live by three words when it comes to coaching. Finish what you start, fight with all your energy, and play together or as a family. Those are my three things for coaching that I've stuck firm with, those three things in developing my – those things I believe will carry over to you as a community member, as a player, someday a parent, someday – you know, all those different things. Is those three work for me. Take the my philosophy for, for coaching, not teaching. They're, they're a little bit different because of environments, parameters. Yeah. Here. I think for me, it's just two. I mean, I believe in family and first foremost family and everything. And I think you can you can accommodate family in a lot of different ways. We have a family in football. We have a family in my classroom when I was in the classroom. Um, and we considered that family. I mean, we're with each other so much. Yep, you have your family, but we are also family. And you got to be there for each other. 
And then, no, we've already hit on it many times, the sacrifice. No matter what you do, you have to sacrifice. Um, if you're going to get everything you want all the time and you're not sacrificing, then you might think that's a great thing, but everything's going to go down. Everything will go, people are going to leave you by yourself, and nobody wants that. So, you know, no matter what you do, sacrifice is big. You want to have a program out of these things. Yep, I would love to go on vacation every day, too, and do all these fun things, too. But, you know, sacrifice what's best for us. Um, we have football practice tonight. My son has his own game tonight. I sacrifice missing my son's game to be there for my teach, for my coaches and, and my students. And they see that as well. Um, and that's not easy for me, especially with family. Um, and, and that's the way it is. But if they see that, I can do these things. So those two are the big ones for me, sacrifice and family. And if you can do those things with hard work, um, a lot of things will, will be good. And a lot of things will, will come around. So uh, I think we do a good job of that here at Leroy Ostrander and a lot of different aspects of it. So um, those are my keys uh, for sure. Yeah, that's a big one. Sacrifice, Trevor. When we look at, I tell our, you know, tell my wife and I tell some others too, I am sacrificing for others to have, uh, have the opportunity because they may not get it. And yep. it's gonna, down the road, it'll pay itself and somebody will do it for my own children. I said, yep. that's why I do this. I said, because I've been given a skill or a talent. And if I don't help these players or this community, I'm doing an absolute disservice. Okay. And I, and I don't, I can't live with that. That's not how I am. I, I don't ever plan to live that way. And I never will. If I have the opportunity to improve something, I'll do it. Okay. You know, obviously, you know, I try to schedule things and I make usually everything or I coach my kids stuff too. But, you know, I remember taking three kids to run a weight room session in the morning when I had a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a newborn, you know, I told the kids, I care about you. I will sacrifice. I will bring them down and do it myself for forever. We're on everyone's favorite fan question. We got some fan questions from uh, some people you might know, um, some of you may not, some that I came up with because I'm a fan of you. Obviously, I care about you forever. You mean, hey, when I think who is my number two hitter that's hit behind me the most, I beat off, it's Trevor Carrier. We had fun, man. Hey, one and two, man, seven and 12. You could put it in the book every single time. Yeah. Um, this one's first from the pride of Irondale High School in New Brighton, Minnesota, Brian Post. As a question for you, why won't Trevor acknowledge that Adam Morrison was and is a superior basketball player to Jonathan Clay Reddick? <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, Mr. Post, Post played quarterback at RCTC and um, get there. And um, man, Post has been dredging this up for years. And it's, you know, I haven't even talked to Post in probably a year. Um, and he continuously asked this question. Adam Morrison, did he play in the league? Besides his long hair and crying at Gonzaga, did he play really on the floor? Okay. The answer is probably going to be no. J.J. Redick is still producing. Um, he's a still a wonderful three-point shooter. Um, and he did great things at Duke. We all know in today's game, he just trumps anything Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison might be picking up garbage for me today on Lowell Street. I'm not sure what he's doing. I don't, I don't know if he's playing. So, Post, we know all the stats. I don't know how you could continuously say Adam Morrison, besides the fact he was on the practice squad and got an NBA championship ring because somebody had to play against their, their 14 people on the roster. Um, J.J. Redick is out there playing hard. So, I love your Post. But come on, man. Why didn't Michael Irvin do the come on, man, on Monday Night Football to that question? <laughs> uh, next one comes from uh, my uh, co uh, one of my uh, coaches with me here at Red Wing. He was at, from uh, Yoda, Dover, originally. Uh, James Berg, he said, uh, we've talked a lot about connecting with players on and off the field. But just quickly summarize kind of how you connect with players on and off the field and how it leads to wins on the field. Quickly summarize, Trevor, two to three, senses maybe four. Yeah, for us, it's just being there. I mean, out in the community, out in the thing, I'm open weight room. We have practices. They know where I'm at. My room's up. My door is always open. Um, and those are just easy ways to connect. Um, and it's once you make that connection, it's easy after that. Awesome. Thanks, James, for the question. Thanks, Trevor, for your answer. Uh, I'll see him at practice tomorrow morning. At bright and early at 730, folks. So, yeah, we'll be getting after it. And we'll uh, I'll relay that. And I'm sure he'll listen, too. All right, Trevor, next one I asked Petey as well. Favorite Minnesota sports athlete, past, present, or future? Um, like in pros and that stuff, or does it doesn't matter anywhere? It doesn't matter if you want to pick Maurer, Morneau, 
know, no. Yeah. I'm, see, here's the thing. I'm not a big Viking fan, so I'm not picking any Viking. I was a Cowboy fan. Take that for what it's worth. Um, so that eliminates it down. Uh, I'm going to go to two here. I'm going to go to two. I'm going to go KG because of his spirit and uh, his tenacity, man. K KG just brought it every night on all ends, and and he let you know about it. And then growing up, who didn't want to be Kirby Pocket growing up? I mean, he had the swing, you know, the the catch off the fence, the hall, everything. I mean, who didn't want to be Kirby? Just the just announcing to hear Kirby Puckett's name call gives me goosebumps thinking about how he would announce Kirby Puckett coming to the plate. So definitely KG in my later years and definitely Kirby Puckett in my earlier years. You know, it makes you wonder what would have happened if you never got hit. You know what I mean? I know, right? But that's, uh, that, that's life. You know, it's part of the game. Sad. You know, one of the saddest events there in Minnesota sports history and in, for a lot of baseball. So, all right, Trevor, next question. Uh, What's uh, something you tell yourself uh, five years ago that you know now? Say that one more time, please, Brent. What would be something, looking back five years ago, what, what's something you you know now or you've learned that you'd want to tell yourself five years ago? As it could be a person, <laughs> teacher. Uh, that we won't play slow-pitch softball every weekend anymore. <laughs> I'm glad we couldn't handle that stuff anymore. Um Man. No, uh, you know, every day is a learning process, you know, and I'm learning that every day as we speak. Every day is a learning process. Every day is new. Um, filter out the negative, focus on the positive. Um, somebody once told me that, Trevor, 99 out of 100 people can love you and be there for you, and you have one. I got to stop focusing on the one and trying to do that. So, you know, that's something you tell yourself five years ago that could have saved me things and, and headaches and trouble. And, and focusing on, on the good and not accepting the good and focusing on the negative and trying to turn things. It's just life is life. It's going to throw you a bunch of different things. Um, focus on the good and what's in your heart and believe what's in your heart, and you'll be fine in life. So much truth to that. I mean, I can think of even professionally in some aspects some of the things that I went through that uh, – we're low, but also some of the highest words you can have for a teacher. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, Absolutely. I got I got this in one hand, and then on the other hand, you know, I've won 130-some that are nominated. So it's one of those where I'm like, you know what? You just have to uh, stick to your values and your character, which you've spoke about too here, Trevor. Uh, favorite quote or uh, favorite saying that sticks out to you? You mentioned Jimmy Valvano. Uh, like I said, last thing, my favorite is uh, let me fly. Teach what I need to know. Let me grow. Let me evolve. And then. I like to thank Let Me Fly um, for that one. What would you say is a quote that you enjoy or really out to you? Yeah, it's on my tag, on my email. I've tagged it since uh, probably 10 years ago, probably at the minimum. Um, the difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. Now, that's why Vince Lombardi, and that's something I've teach my players and tell them. And we've talked about throughout this. I mean, life's going to give you a lot of different things. And what do you base success on? I, there's a lot of different things. But if you aren't willing to try, life's tough. Um, regardless of if you know the skill, don't know the skill, have the greatest life, the worst life, it doesn't matter. If you're not willing to try and give it all and everything you have, life's tough. Um, so that's one thing we teach here. We try to emulate the athletic skills with it. But even good athletes, you know, as the coach too, I would rather have nine kids, ten kids, whatever it may be that are – just give me everything they have, the nine kids who are super athletic who don't who won't try. Um, those are what really gets me going, and that's a quote that I live by. It's a quote that reminds me of every day to be a great dad, a great father, a great husband. Um, and I think I try to do that for my two kids and Aiden and Riley and my wife Kayla and my staff around me and everything else. And everybody I come in contact with, whether you like me or love me, um, you know I'm going to give everything I have, and I'm never going to take a shortcut. I'm always going to go the long route, um, hop on this back, and I'll try to help take you there, get you there. So, um, and that's in true, that's friendship too. I mean, that's we know that. So, that's my quote. Yeah, that's a good one. I had a professor. I'm getting my uh, working toward my principal licensure, and I had a professor here a couple classes ago say, "You can have the skill, but if you don't have the will, you're replaceable." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh man!" I said, "I'm going to hold on to that one." I said, He's like, it's a skill versus will. And if you don't have a holding place to communicate with those you're involved with and all the stakeholders, 
He says, those are two big things that uh, make sure you have. So um, Trevor, anything you would like to share here? We're getting kind of towards the uh, tail end uh, of our conversation um, before I wrap things up. Anything you would like to share uh, for our listeners? Oh, just, a, just a shout out to, uh, you know, the people that help make me every day. And that's my, 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 um, my son, Aiden, who's going into fourth grade. My daughter, Riley, who's going into second grade. Daddy will do everything for you and you know that. Um, first and foremost, they're number one and always going to be number one. And it's, it's when I can't be there, it's tough. And, and people should understand that and know that too. Um, and my wife, and you know, this as a, as a, as a coach too, we, there's a lot of times where we become a single parent and that's, that's a very hard pill to swallow as you give up everything for everybody else. Um, and, uh, you know, my wife is everything to me every day. Um, I don't know where I'd be with everything I've been through, um, about my wife, Kayla, um, she graduated from Winona You're in your class, actually, which is great. Um, a big shout out to just the Leroy Ostrander School District and everything else. We have great kids here. About to have that great support. Um, we have a great school board. We have a great superintendent in Jen Back Johnson Backer. We have a great uh, principal in Aaron Hungerholt. We have a lot of good pieces here in Leroy. Um, and life isn't easy, obviously. But I think we're all working the same direction. Um, so a big shout out. We have so many great things here in this small district. Uh, I'm proud to be part of this district. I'm proud to serve this district. Um, and like I said, it's just a tremendous um, thing to be here and call Leroy your home. Um, and I look forward to continuing to grow um, a lot of the different things we're working on here as well. So. Huge shout out to all the people in charge that do all this stuff daily. And uh, um, again, shout out to my team even because they make me look good sometimes. You know that as a coach, there's a lot of plays you call that may not work. Um, and, you know, they they find a way. So uh, shout out to my coaching staff. Um, I'm absolutely nothing without my coaching staff. And Nick and Kyle um, and Ryan and Aaron is now helping us out. The former head coach, he's now helping us out again. Um Man, they, I put a lot on them. And you know that is uh, what I do on a daily basis. I put a lot on them. I hold them accountable, just like we hold the kids accountable. Um, huge shout out to all our friends and that are help guiding us. And even you, Stinian, you and I have had many discussions um, as we grown up together, lived around each other for many, many years, um, we entered the same profession. It's cool to be able to bounce ideas off each other or, or um, you know, just kind of be there. And when my chips are down, we have good groups of people around us that are there to help us. Um, you know, you know, family. I've, I've never considered us all friends here. I've always considered us family from us to the Rushford group, to the one older group, Plainview, whoever's around. Big shout out to everybody that's helped us um, and guide us um, throughout our journey. So, uh, just a lot of shout outs, Stinny. We have a lot of good people around us, buddy. Yeah, so much of what you started to with your school begins with the vision, you know, and that board, and then your school administration, and the community members buying in and all the success that you have. You know, when you look at the relationships part of it, too, that's so much in life. I mean, you need each other for different things. You know, and, and friendships, too, you, you don't always talk every day. Sometimes you talk once a year, sometimes every few years, every few months. I mean, the one thing I hope to get from here is that your journey and your positivity can help somebody else. Maybe it's something they need to hear for the day. Or, hey, maybe I should try that. So that's why I'm doing this, man. I, you know, I like to talk and have conversations. But to me, it's like I've met some awesome people, and I just turned 37 just like you. And I'm like, why not hold someplace to have a conversation? And I share it, whether one fifth person put or a million. Me, I'm the same person. I've met incredible people. And like you, Trevor said, you know, I'm just thankful for everyone. And, you know, just do something simple for somebody every day. You know what I mean? I mean, the other day I bought $50 worth at Quick Trip between gas and milk. And, you know, this lady comes in so busy that she's not, couldn't hold the door for me with my cart full of stuff. And I just thought about when did we get so busy to take care of someone else with such a simple task? You know, you know like I talking about with all the people that help you out at school, I mean, you put more on them but that's trust, that's relationships, that's hard work. So these all go back to why we're doing this and me having you on about your culture and belief. So I'm just really I, thankful, Trevor. Go ahead, man. I think we know, I, I think you just hit it, man. We do a lot of good things and I think it's good for our kids to see that. I know that um, 
you know, you've been through stuff there yourself. And I know that game that we played each other, you know, it was important to, to be there. And it's, it was important for my kids, my captains, to, to be leaders and help you out and be there to show you. But you know that you know, I'm going to be there and we're going to be there and we're going to all help each other out. And it's good, good lessons for our kids to see that kind of stuff. I mean, we might play each other and smack each other around. And, but at the end of the day, you know, we all got to be there. And it doesn't, shouldn't take uh, some bad things to happen or negativity or, or, or those kind of things to happen to really show that you care about people, you know. Um, we all live once, man, so let's enjoy it and, and really be there and, and really push positivity. And, and this world's crazy negativity sometimes. Let's push that positivity. Um, even if it was the other day, like last year at COVID, we had nothing going on, and we're doing WWE stuff back and forth to, to do fifth grade stuff. And we got Ric Flair on the show and the Warriors. So when you can have fun like that, Brent, you and I and everybody else around, hopefully we can pass that off to other people. And if we can make somebody smile – we did our job. If they can remember one thing we did and one lesson, then we did our job. Just like we've had people growing up. If one person remembers one thing, we're doing our job and we're in the right spot. So I love yeah, it. I, wanna, I think Trevor, I want to, I want to kind of uh, journey back two years ago, what Trevor's talking about, and this is who we're working with here guys. Um, about two years ago, my grandma passed away uh, during the football season. Um, yeah. She went to a lot of things growing up, grew up in La Crescent. Uh, it's my dad's mom. And she was at a lot of activities and games growing up. Um, Trevor, the uh, Leroy Ostrander and Southland community and Sean Kennedy and their staff and kids uh, presented flowers um, to me. Their captains and then Trevor did and gave me a hug before our game. Um, and Trevor, that just speaks truths and so much about you and Coach Kennedy and his staff. But also when I spoke at the funeral, those flowers were right in front. Awesome. I mean, let, let's let's put that in perspective. I'm giving a speech, you know, very emotional time, very remembrance and memories, but also to see those in front. And that to me is something that people need to hear about your character, your community, Leroy Ostrander, and the Adams Rose Creek community is that they were intentional about doing those, what some would say, you know, little, but to me, that's a pretty powerful sentiment and thing to do. And I know my, I gave them to my mom and dad right afterwards because they were always at the game, as you know. I walked it over and gave them to my parents, and uh, they put them right in the front there when I spoke at the church. And just, that's something people really need to uh, to hear about you in those communities. And my family is forever thankful, man. And that's what we got to be doing, man, is really pushing the positive and being there with each other. What, no matter what the occasion is, whether it's a death, whether it's an anniversary, whether it's other things, we need to take that extra time and reach out. Like you said, you don't always get that second chance to rewrite something the first time. You know what I mean? Yep. So thanks, Trevor. Um, one thing, too, where can people reach you if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, well, they can reach me at um, my email address at school here is tcarrier at leroy.k12.mn.us. It's an easy way to do it, but you know what? If you want to email me, that's, that is what it is. But easiest way to contact me is just give me a call, 507 259 one five two five. I would always, I always talk. Uh, I've had the same number since high school. It's crazy. Um, always talk football or guidance and help. And, and uh, maybe I'm not. I don't have all the answers for sure. But uh, you know, between a lot of people I'm around, we can find a way. Even if you just want to talk football, X's and O's or whatever it may be. So um, those are easy way to do it. We just started a new Facebook thing for Owl um, Cardinal Athletics, and then we just did a Twitter one or two kind of synchronize all of our athletics into one so you can reach us there as well but again shoot call shoot text whatever it may be um always got time to, to communicate that way as well so thanks trevor yeah i wonder when, when when's mfca gonna have you talk about that offense you got going on down there man because you're lighting <laughs> up scorebooks i remember you said hey we're gonna go to spring grove we're gonna knock off the two-time defendant state yep. man you guys had a run and people don't realize just how good that conference was in the crossover oh, games Man, that, that's a whole nother episode, Trevor, of Southeast yeah. Minnesota when we've got to invite a few other people on to talk to them. Uh, That'd so, be great. Man, the Southeast corner of the state dominates from 5A down. Don't even, let's not even write, you know what it's already going to be. A lot of good schools. <laughs> well, Trevor, thanks for always, man. I'm just going to transition here the last 20 seconds. Uh, so I want to say thank you again to Trevor. This episode will be available on Spotify under the Brent Stinson Movement. 
Um, I also have Trevor's name as attached to it as episode guest two, transforming a culture. Um, I'll share it on my Facebook page as well. As always, make it happen. Next episode three will feature uh, my brother-in-law, Jeremy Littell, um, which is called Business is Business. And uh, he's going to uh, talk about uh, going from a kid in Kenosha to being the president of Kick-Ass Beef Jerky. But uh, Trevor, thank you for your time, man. You're 100% class act, man. I love you. You're my brother, man. I got you. You remember that. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. All right, man. I'll shoot you a text right after. Thanks, Trevor. Sounds good, buddy. All right, man. Take care. You too.